I think that the universe speaks in mathematics and in many ways, spirituality is a type of math. I talk about the bad math. We think that in order to achieve our goals, our dreams and our desires, we have to hustle and grind to get the desired result. Or in order to achieve our desires, we have to have the perfect plan. That works out well for a while until perfectionism builds up so much momentum that it starts to suffocate us. Our guest today, David Bayer, he's an author, speaker, and leading expert on human evolution, entrepreneurship, and global matters. And after graduating from Columbia University with a degree in philosophy and comparative literature, Bayer went on to create a prolific career in business, eventually becoming CEO of David Bayer Coaching and an Inc. number 171 fastest growing transformational company. And after a decade-long battle with drug, alcohol, and pornography addiction, Bear found recovery and went on to immerse himself in study across the fields of human potential, uh, neuroscience, consciousness theory, behavioral psychology, wisdom teachings, emergent healing technologies, biohacking, and metaphysics in search of a way to go beyond self-help and actually change his mind. And today, his methodologies have touched millions of lives and they're considered a breakthrough in personal growth and a solution for addressing the world's greatest challenges. David's book, A Changed Mind, explains how latent fear held in the nervous system and expressed through thoughts, emotions, and actions really is the source of all suffering, both in our individual lives and in the world. And his annual event, The Powerful Living Experience Live, was named a top three must-attend personal development events by Inc. Uh, Inc. Magazine. And his podcast, A Changed Mind, dives deep into personal growth and how to apply the scientific principles of human behavior to address the most important issues in our individual lives and the world. You can learn more about David's work at davidbear.com. So I know you guys tuning in, you love detoxification, you love your health and anti-aging, and that's why you're listening to this podcast. And I'm, I'm so proud about a new docu-series that I produced called Heavy. And you can learn more about that at theheavymovie.com. And this is a series that's all about how toxins are causing the obesity epidemic, the diabetes epidemic, chronic fatigue, digestive issues, hormone issues, sex, stress, and thyroid hormones, digestive issues, and uh, even how emotional trauma is contributing to weight gain as well. And also, more importantly, how to go about detoxing your body using all the latest detox breakthroughs uh, that I've learned over the past you know, 10, 15 years. So I really encourage anyone that is looking to do a deep dive on really what toxins are doing to our body uh, to go check that out at theheavymovie.com. There's nine episodes. Uh, there are 107 detox experts that I interviewed for this series. It's been such a labor of love, and I know that you're going to love it too. So I can't wait for you to see it. And now a word from one of our sponsors. So imagine a world where we don't actually fight cancer. We just tell our bodies to stop growing it. Sounds groundbreaking, right? Dr. Dana Flavin, who's a world-renowned cancer specialist for over 40 years, warns we are swimming in toxins. They're in our daily products, our food, water, and air. The real danger? These toxins signal our body to grow cancer. 
That's why I urge you to join Dr. Flavin and Nathan Crean, an award-winning health researcher in an eye-opening web class. They'll reveal the nine key toxins that could be triggering cancer in your body and most importantly, how to eliminate them. Don't just fight cancer, go right to its root cause. So join me by going to conqueringcancer.com slash Wendy Myers, M-Y-E-R-S, now to register for this free web class. It's so important. Again, that's conqueringcancer.com slash Wendy Myers. Make the change today. David, thanks so much for coming on the show. Thanks for having me. Yeah, so why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and how you got into the, the transformation work that you're doing today? Yeah, thanks for asking. I um, Well, my story started in um, addiction recovery. So I um, in 2006, I started what was my second business at that time. And uh, it was a venture-backed technology company. I didn't realize at that time, but like so much of what I was doing was... Uh, was chasing success and uh, to feel good about myself. And so in 2010, I, I realized my life had become unmanageable uh, and I started working on a recovery program. So, um, you know, in, re in recovery, I found sort of the first phase of my spiritual connection. You know, we have a, a, a higher power is a very important part of, of addiction recovery. And I just started becoming more self-aware, like really getting to the, the root cause of my addictive behavior. And, uh, and I became curious about what was possible in terms of change. So that led me into personal growth where, you know, I, I started reading all the books, I started going to the events, uh, and then I just went down a rabbit trail. So, you know, my, my story took me to India, studying in ashrams with my wife, who was my girlfriend at that time, um, getting into metaphysics and neuroscience and behavioral psychology, uh, and really just starting to, uh, understand how reality works and how we interface with it. And so I had experienced my own really deep suffering and became passionate about helping other people. And as I was going through learning and at one point I got stuck in personal growth too. It was like, I understood all the concepts, but I was having a hard time integrating and embodying and really healing the deeper traumas. Uh, and so in, in my desire to find more full healing for myself, I learned a thing or two. And my wife was seeing how I was uh, coaching and helping some of my friends. And she said, you know, you should do a workshop. And I was like, no, I'm not, I'm not going to yeah, go Don't do it for this. your friends for free. No. I was like, I'm not going to go <laughs> teach this stuff. You know, I mean, I'd been building internet businesses for, for 20 years. I, I didn't see myself as like a, a teacher or a healer or a coach. And we all uh, start with our friends, right? Yeah, <laughs> I, I guess. Helping them. Yeah, that was, you know, I just put together a one-day workshop um, sharing what I had learned up until that point. And there were some people who were in there. There's friends and friends of friends and some folks who had been doing personal development for a long time. And they said, hey, this is really different. This is really, you know, this this one day you put together transformed my life. And so then we decided to pursue it as a, as a mission. And so that's how we got to the work that we're doing now. Okay, fantastic. And so you say that, you know, everything that you experience in your life is based on what you believe and you think. You know, that's very much true. I very much believe in the, you know, the power of your thoughts, what you think, what you say, that's what's gonna happen. So can you kind of elaborate on that a little bit and your your thoughts on that? Yeah, and I think a lot of people get that at some level, right? It's like the idea of the secret of the law of attraction or but it's not it's not woo at all. If if you understand how behavioral psychology works, it tells you that all of your thoughts 
uh, are derived from your, your core belief systems, like the meanings that you gave, the experiences of your life, that you gave the experiences of relationships, yourself, uh, money, everything. You know, literally started forming the the neural network structure of your brain, and so now as an adult, you really only have access to thoughts that are congruent with those beliefs. And so, if you believe money is hard to make, you're not going to have thoughts that are going to lead to making money easily. Uh, if you you know have, have the beliefs that you're going to you know people betray your trust, you're not going to have trust thoughts around you know forging trusted relationships. And and whatever you think on a moment by moment basis, that that thought becomes an emotional activation in your nervous system. And then those emotions are exclusively what drive our behaviors. So all of our behaviors are preceded by an emotion and then our behaviors determine our results. And sort of the, the reason why so many people get stuck is because they then produce results that reaffirm the belief they started with, but they think it, the result is actually the cause for the, for the belief, right? Oh, see, I know things don't work out for me. Money's hard to make. You can't trust people. But, but really it's the, it's the belief that started it. So that's how thoughts become things. And that's really the internal mechanism of how a thought becomes a thing. Whatever you believe, you think, what you think you feel, what you feel you do, what you do is the result and the result reinforces itself. But there's also this, this external mechanism, which is everything that I just explained is an electrical phenomenon in your body. And so we, we're radioactive. <laughs> so we produce electricity, we produce vibration, and that vibration has a, uh, a communication matrix in our reality, which has a lot of names. You could call it consciousness or intelligence or God or the universe or whatever. And, and, and it's, it's connecting every individual expression of, of intelligence or spirit. So uh, other people being influenced at an unconscious level to create coincidences and synchronicities in your life. And that's why, you know, when, when you're, when you're faithful that things are going to work out, they do. And when you have fears, your worst fears become realized. So if we want to create any kind of change in our businesses, in our lives, in our bodies, in our relationships, in our bank accounts, we need to observe what's happening externally, but realize that it originated, um, internally and, and work at an internal level that that that's what affects change on an external level. And, and it, it's, it's, it's universal. In other words, there's no exception to this. So, you know, whether, whether we're having conversations with people around how to heal, uh, or whether we're having conversations with entrepreneurs around how to grow their businesses, um, you know, the, the challenging experience you have right now is a, is a reflection of, of your consciousness. And so it gives us an opportunity to do the inner work and we change our external environment. Yes. And so I think a lot of people, they have a challenges with figuring out what their beliefs are, regulating their emotions, you know, trying to like improve maybe the center point of their emotions being more positive than negative. But a lot of those things come from our traumas. It's hard to kind of just think your way out of that. Is that part of the core work that you do with, with people is kind of working on their traumas so that they're able to kind of work on their mindset? Yeah. It, so it's a multifaceted approach. Um, in fact, we, we sort of look at internal resistance and layers and the first layer can really be approached cognitively. It's you, you can, you can work with your beliefs on a, on an intellectual level. And the work that we do is not so much trying to convince you to, to believe something else based on what, what we tell someone, um, but to really source experiences from their own life that are memories 
that are dormant because they don't support the hypothesis of the predominant belief, but they're there. And so we, we help people source from their own life um, new belief systems by, by reactivating those memories. And as equally important is to, is to find evidence to disbelieve, right, the limiting belief. Um, and so we have a really cool process called the decision matrix. It's really, really simple, which is when someone becomes aware of a limiting belief or any belief that doesn't serve them well, it's not congruent with what they're trying to create, uh, that they identify it. And, um, and then they establish a new decision, which is some form of the opposite of the limiting belief. And then a really simple third step, which is what evidence do you have for the fact that this new decision is true? And it's really incredible. Like without fail, as long as someone is willing to be patient with the process, they'll start to uncover evidence after evidence, after evidence, after evidence. And really what you're doing is you're awakening parts of your brain that your brain for all practical purposes didn't find use for, but you find useful because they help show you that in fact, the limiting belief is untrue and the, and the new decision is, is more true. And so that, that's the beginning of the work. And then what we found is a lot of people want to let go of limiting beliefs, but they're tied to resentments. And so it's, it's almost impossible, for example, to let go of this feeling that, you know, you're not good enough if you got that from an experience with one of your parents and you hold a resentment towards the parent. So resentments is not a common um, kind of inventory in personal growth, but because of my background in recovery, you know, I became aware of how critical it was in the healing process. And then knowledge and understanding is important because, you know, if, if you, if you understand that there's a, what we believe is there's a loving, intelligent design to life and that the experiences that you had when you were younger, that we might call trauma, uh, were, were actually part of the process of, of, of your development, which was required for your own hero's journey. And you can start to let go of some of the stories like this shouldn't have happened. It's like, well, no, it, it should have happened because it did happen, right? Or sometimes in cases where we suffer abuse, when we create a story about ourselves and what it means versus no, that was actually just someone who had their own trauma and didn't know how to process it. So they passed it on to someone else. We can start to really alleviate ourselves of some of those deeper wounds. So, and then, and then it builds and it builds and it builds. Ultimately what this takes most people to is, is a, is some sort of spiritual belief. Like the, as, as people tend to do healing work, they become more spiritual, which, which makes sense because that intuitive relationship with yourself and, and with whatever greater part of us might exist is covered up by all of these programs and limiting beliefs and childhood traumas. And so as we start to strip some of those away, people tend to become, you know, just trust that there's, there's something guiding them in their life. And they're able to look backwards and go, hey, you know, something must have been guiding me there too. And so in that we start to relax because the trauma is a, is a habit of, uh, of a sympathetic reaction. And so what we're, what we're trying to do is, you know, build an intellectual case and build an emotional habit of downregulating the nervous system. And then as we do that, it's like doing reps at the gym. You know, every time you don't entangle with that habit of emotional psychological response, that the trauma has been inducing, you know, it becomes separated, 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 and, and less and less entangled. Yeah. And I, I definitely can identify with everything you're saying as an entrepreneur myself, and probably a lot of entrepreneurs listening, is that there's a lot of people that have trauma and they get into this doing mode, another masculine, into perfectionism and just working, working, or, you know, this workaholism. And that can be a result of trauma, but that's a beautiful gift also. 
because it, it propels us to move forward and, you know, push for perfectionism and help other people. And, uh, but it's so true, like in my own journey of healing and the healing trauma have found God and spirituality, a source, whatever you'd like to call it, a, you know, and, uh, you know, have, I have every morning where I say what it is that I'm wanting, you know, what it is that I'm wanting to create, even like just crazy goals. Because I feel like even though that they're very lofty goals, somehow the universe is going to help guide me to those. You know, I might not know the exact path or it might be kind of a crazy path, difficult path, but I personally believe that I will eventually reach those those goals. So can you talk about your process, like how you you teach people to kind of like with manifesting or working with their intuition on, on that level? Yeah, I mean, the, the first part is starting out with with what you just said, which is a, a belief that that's how it works. You know, we um, I'm I tend to speak in mathematics. I think that the universe speaks in mathematics, uh, and in many ways, like spirituality is a type of math. And so I talk about the bad math. You know, the bad math was we think that um, in order to achieve our goals, our dreams, and our desires, we have to hustle and grind to get the desired result. Or in order to achieve our desires, we have to have the perfect plan, like you talked about. That's that works out well for a while until perfectionism builds up so much momentum that it starts to suffocate us, which usually happens between the ages of thirty-five and fifty-five. It's like the the pattern just gains too much momentum and starts over applying itself. Um, or you know, desire plus uh, meeting meeting the perfect person to, you know, bring your work to the world, the perfect partner uh, equals desired result. But what we found is really the the equation is desire plus non-resistance equals desired result. Our job as human beings is to have a vision and have goals and have dreams. And if we can eliminate the res resistance within us in the forms of limiting beliefs, misunderstandings, childhood traumas, the human being by design is meant to bring into the world whatever the desire is like just as fish are designed to swim and birds are designed to fly the human being is designed to materialize desire through the mechanism of thought emotion and action and through the mechanism of vibration like we talked about internally and externally and so it really changes the game for people because now your job isn't to try to figure anything out the figuring out is a natural byproduct of non-resistance Right. When you're it's not like allowing, you're, like allowing, yeah, not you have the thoughts, you the have outcome. the ideas. And I think where people become resistant to that idea is they think that what I would be suggesting is that you don't have to take action. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is that action becomes a natural, joyful, inspired uh, byproduct of non-resistance versus procrastination, self-sabotage, or as you pointed out, taking a lot of action, but doing it from a hustle or grind. And so the, the, the first thing is to at least understand how the game of life works, right? And then, and then once you understand how it works, then there are those two pieces. You know, some people have gone without desire for so long that they've, you know, the desire muscle has atrophied. So we have to reactivate it. And then the other part of the equation is the non-resistance part. So like, what is the resistance? How do we identify the resistance? And how do we let go of the resistance? And then it becomes a daily practice. Um, and so that's, you know, of course, we've got a lot of different tools and frameworks and, and a really an amazing community too of people who are living in this practice. 
doing it imperfectly because we always find ourselves in some form of resistance. There's always something new that shows up or a deeper, a deeper layer of integration that, you know, life is calling us towards. Um, but it's pretty amazing when you surround yourself with people like yourself who decide to have big visions and big goals and big dreams, uh, and who are actually doing the work that is the only work really to be done, which is use the arena of business or life as a reflection for that, which needs to be healed and work and do the work. You know, the, the results are the byproduct of doing the work. I am thrilled to announce my new docu-series come out called Heavy. And it's, you can learn more about it at theheavymovie.com and sign up for free. It's a totally free event. And in this landmark series, I interviewed 100 experts on the subject of detoxification, on the subject of toxins, and how these inescapable toxins in our environment are causing our chronic health issues like brain fog, dementia, chronic fatigue, mitochondrial dysfunction, obesity, resistant weight loss, even diabetes, our diabetes epidemic is caused by toxins. It's not just the food that you're eating. And we also talk about, you know, how toxins interfere in digestion, how toxins are aging you. So many important topics are gonna be covered on the Heavy docu-series. So again, go check it out at theheavymovie.com. So I wanna introduce you to one of my favorite podcasts. It's from Dr. Jockers, and he hosts the Dr. Jockers Functional Nutrition Podcast. Dr. Jockers is such a wealth of knowledge, and I just love how thorough he is with you know every podcast and blog post that he produces. You know his Instagram has amazing infographics that make learning about health so clear and easy. And I just love his content, and I know that you are going to also. He's got over 400 podcast episodes where he shares practical tips around topics like fasting, disease prevention, brain health, and so much more. He's so thorough. And like one of his hundreds of five-star ratings that says it's, quote, very helpful information without using the medical jargon that you're not going to remember during a podcast. So if you're looking to grow on your health journey, just search for Dr. Jockers on whatever podcast platform that you prefer. You can also go to his website at drjockers.com. So yeah. you have an event coming up, correct, uh, for entrepreneurs and you know anyone seeking to improve their life. Can you talk a little about that? Yeah, we do an event once a year. It's called the Powerful Living Experience Live. This will be our fifth year doing it live. And uh, this year we'll have about 500 impact-driven entrepreneurs who, who come to the event. And it's an opportunity for them to really do the deep work, the inner work. We spend about 30% of the time on business strategies because the strategies are important. But ultimately, the execution of the strategies is an effective mindset. And so it's, uh, it's three and a half days of taking a very holistic, integrated approach at both your business, your life, you, uh, and as we, we, we talked about getting really, really clear on what the vision is and then, you know, being able to work through our teachings and our processes to identify and transform the resistance that's there. And then that way, you know, you're free to be able to, you know, joyfully build your business. And we get all kinds of people at the event. Some people are just looking to start their own business. Some people are running seven, eight, nine figure businesses. But what they brought into their, you know, profitable, quote unquote, successful business is a lot of the unprocessed, you know, trauma and resistance. And, you know, that, that's as equally challenging, if not more challenging than, you know, 
trying to get your business to the next level of scale. Um, because now, now, now you've got a larger, you know, constellation within which your resistance is playing out. So, yeah. And what is the the website uh, for that event? Yeah, www.powerfullivingexperience.com. That's coming up. Yeah, that's in Round Rock, Texas, this year, uh, twenty twenty four, February twenty second through the twenty fifth. And so, what are some of the things that people maybe can expect, like coming out of the, that event? Consistently, what I see is that people tap into a larger vision than they had, no matter how big their vision is. And I think part of that is being in an environment with 500 people who are all looking to make a real difference in the world through, through their businesses, um, learning the tools in order to transform resistance and be in a practice of down-regulating your nervous system. Yeah, I think that's so important is having a bigger vision because yeah. you you're only going to rise to the level of your your vision or to the level of your yeah. goals or what you're asking for in the universe and I had to learn that the hard way I was I was setting like little one year goals or just like little because I I didn't believe that I could maybe achieve certain huge goals and it just wasn't maybe in my you know just wasn't in my belief system like oh that's just that could never happen and I've just had, it took a long time to kind of let that go and have bigger goals, just set larger yeah, ones. To your, to, your, to your point, you know, it's, you, you can't expand your life beyond your own self-perception. Your perception of yourself, you know, what you believe to be possible is going to be the limit of your life. And so as you start to really understand that we're, we're connected to something greater uh, and that the work is not you know, needing to have a certain amount of financial resources or health resources or intelligence or the size of your team, like none of those things actually matter that you truly do just get to decide. You get to have a vision and you get to dream. And that as long as your thoughts and your beliefs are in alignment with the outcomes that you desire to produce, 100% mechanically, predictably, you'll produce those results. I think that understanding allows people to start dreaming bigger. Of course, we take people through processes um, to help them expand their vision. Um, and it also helps to, to have the business strategies because that can start to shape the picture as well. It's like Carol and I, Carol's my wife, you know, we started this business in 2016 and we generated over $30 million over the last seven years, but we weren't marketers or salespeople when we started this business. And so we, we got on the entrepreneur's merry-go-round, you know, we went from course to course and coaching program to coaching program and and worked with a lot of well-meaning people, but it wasn't until we sort of saw all the different pieces and we figured out a way to put them together so that we could get our message out to the world that we really truly found success. And so a lot of what we share over the course of the event are the strategies we use, the mindset tools we used, the processes that we used in order to, you know, be ha well, it's the name, name of the event, right? In order to have a powerful living experience. Yeah, and it's just, it's amazing, I think, when you, you tap into uh, source or God and you start asking for help and asking for resources and uh, tapping into kind of what's your birthright is just- uh, Your birthright's you know, a great way to put it, yeah. Or your guidance that you need and ask for things, you know, things, tools and people you need to achieve certain things. It's amazing what starts happening and, and unfolding. Yeah, 100%. And I also think that you can't really be good at anything if you don't understand the underlying principles that govern success and whatever you're trying to achieve. You know, the reason why um, I achieved sobriety in the, my recovery program was because there were steps. 
you know, there was a process, there were steps. I was in a community with other people who were wanting to achieve sobriety. Most people don't have steps that are um, designed to produce consistent results in their life. As I mentioned before, we think it's hustle and grind or some form of limitation or in order to be successful, I have to sacrifice certain things. When you really understand the metaphysical principles that are governing you know, creation and how anything is created and you can align yourself with those things, then you can dream bigger and you can actually achieve the results without having to sacrifice. Again, that's not to say that we don't work quote unquote hard. You know, there's a certain amount of time and energy that has to be put in. Um, but that's different than operating with resistance while you're trying to create something. Yeah, I definitely identify with that. It's just yeah. like beating yourself up, working 14 hours a day and pushing, pushing, pushing. And I think a lot of entrepreneurs or people wanting to be entrepreneurs really feel like they're never doing enough. They should be doing more. They should be, you know, having a business and working out and meditating and, you know, have do all these different things to take care of themselves uh, for their health. Uh, but they're too busy with their their business or their lives to actually kind of do these these things of self-care that would benefit them. Like, so how do you like teach people to handle this? I think we misunderstand our relationship with time. And so, you know, when I when I first got into recovery, the, the therapist I was working with said, listen, you're going to go to three meetings a week. You're going to come to a therapy session once a week you're going to come to the men's group that I host once a week, and you're going to make three phone calls to other people in the program and check in how you're feeling and how you're doing on a daily basis. And all of these meetings were about 30 to 45 minutes from my home. And I was like, there's no way there's not enough time in the day. But I reprioritized my recovery. And what I actually found was that my life reorganized around it. And, you know, Gandhi has this adage where he says, I have so much to do today, I must meditate for two hours instead of one. And at first glance, it doesn't make any sense. It's like, well, most of us have too much to do today, so we don't meditate at all. But I think Gandhi understood a principle, which is whatever you decide is important in your life, your life will create efficiencies in order for you to be able to do those things. In other words, your life right now consists of a variety of tasks that you do on a, we do on a weekly basis. And we look at the amount of time each task takes, and then we go, well, there, there you go, 40 to 50 hours, right? That's it. And I have to do these things. I need to get these things done. Could be in your business, could be in your life. And so we say, well, I can't insert anything else into my schedule. So once I get done with these things, then I'll do these other things. And oftentimes these other things are like spending time with your family, going for a walk, exercising, meditating, self-care, whatever it is. But the truth is, is that if we actually decide that we're gonna do one of these other things or some of these other things, there's a recalibration in your life. You start thinking differently. You start perceiving the tasks that you're accomplishing differently. Different resources and support show up. In other words, on a moment-by-moment -moment basis, life is completely reorganizing according to what you've decided is important to you. And most of us are operating with a pretty significant baseline inefficiency in the way that things are, are going, right? Like you're, what's happening right now in your business is just one possibility of the way it could be working. And so we focus so much on time, number one, not realizing that it's not fixed. The brain will pretend that it's fixed. The brain will go, no, I know what happened last week and I know it has to be done this week and I know how to do, I know how to add that up. There's no time. And then you say, no, actually time is not important. I'm going to, I'm going to do this thing in addition to everything else. And then what begins to reorchestrate is this thing called timing. So timing changes. 
and you can't outwork timing, you know? So um, I think oftentimes we adhere to the reality in front of us as if it's fixed rather than understanding that the reality that we're experiencing is simply a reflection of what we've been deciding before uh, and that it can change. So, you know, and I experienced that when I had, you know, I have a year and a half old son. And so, you know, my whole business reorganizes as a result of it. And so, yeah, of course we're doing things differently, but we're still striving towards the same outcomes. And I oftentimes think like, thank God he arrived because the way that we were doing the business before wasn't sustainable physically, emotionally, spiritually. You know, as I mentioned to you, we grew very, very quickly. And so, you know, he, he's forced an efficiency in our business. And so I'm experiencing it, you know, firsthand. Yeah. And I think, you know, that we all have things that show up in our life, you know, that, that we have to, to make changes, you know, for us to make beautiful changes and room yeah. for time for a child or other things that, that uh, happen. And, uh, but I think the concept of time is, is challenging because I think so many people are in that state of overwhelm, of fear, they can't get enough done. There's not enough time in the day and they keep telling themselves these, these stories and that pushes them to entrepreneurs to work 12 and 14 and even 16 hours a day. And the, the, re the reality is you have so much time. There's so much time to get things done. It's just your kind of self-talk about it. I believe, and yes. um, you know, and when you look, say, look, you look back at what you've done in the last five years, you've accomplished so much. You know, all of us have accomplished so many, many things. And think on the scale of like twenty-five years from now, how much you're going to accomplish. But you know, the work's always there; it's not going anywhere. There's always going to be more work, and you have to take time for self-care, breaks, uh, your family, etc., because that it's more valuable, honestly. Uh, your relationship with yourself and your family. And the stress and the overwhelm is actually the problem. So you know, the, the, the problem is that we're trying to create from fight or flight. Like we're trying to create from the, within the sympathetic activation of the nervous system. And that's not where creation comes from. That's not where the power of the human being is, right? That, that's, that's the old model of the human being. That's, that's the reactive not the creative human being. And so, you know, when we're working with entrepreneurs, a lot of times they'll say, well, you know, my problem is like, I don't have enough leads or my problem is I'm not generating enough customers or my problem is my cash flow. And we're like, no, your problem is your anxiety. Your problem is your overwhelm. And so we can take a look at the beliefs that are creating the overwhelm to your point, like the belief that I'm not as far along as I should be, or I need to be doing more, or there's not enough time in the day. And we can establish some new beliefs and really help someone reorient themselves to those those new beliefs or those new decisions. Um, but that's that's the real problem. We talk about it as an inner conflict. Almost always when someone says, my issue is this thing, the issue is not that thing. The issue is the reaction that's coming up as a result of that thing. That reaction is moving you into what we would call a primal state. And, and, and that's where you can't be inefficient. That's where disease is, right? That's where, you know, uh, I wouldn't call it poverty, right? But like not having prosperity and abundance is. That's where business and efficiency is. And so again, it's like, okay, so if what we're saying is that the thing that is diminishing my possibilities of success is my resistance or these resistant emotions, then the work is to actually transform that resistance, 
right? But that's not how we work as entrepreneurs. Like we don't wake up and go, all right, let me check in with, <laughs> let me check in with myself. I have all these goals. What's my resistance to these goals? Let me transform the resistance. Then boom, we're off to our day, you know, but that really should be uh, the first thing that we do in the morning uh, if, if we want to create extraordinary results. And then over time, you don't have to do that work on a continual basis, right? I mean, it, you, you develop a new habit of trusting and relaxing and believing and, you know, it becomes second nature. Yeah. And it takes time. It takes time and to it takes time. flip that script and go from that fear and lack and, and whatnot to joy and love and gratitude and, you know, appreciating the work you know, or being thankful for where you are and what you're going to achieve in the future. Yeah. And I've been sharing with our community a lot too. Like in, in early 2022, I was back in it. You know, our business went through a pivot. Baby was on the way. You know, Carol was pregnant. Um, there were a lot of challenges. And I, I went through another chapter of a long, dark night of the soul. You know, I, I work with my anxiety on a daily basis. I didn't really wake up one day and go, hey, I'd like to do events and speak for three days in front of a thousand people. Like that, that's not, that wasn't a desire of mine. And yeah, so- Yeah, never thought you'd be there. I never thought I'd have 500 podcast episodes, you know, when I first started this either, you know? Yeah. I don't think it's about, like, at least for me, it's not so much, hey, I don't stress or I don't get overwhelmed or I don't worry. I certainly on average do it far less than I used to, but it's about having the tools to actually work with what comes up and to actually know that that's the work to do. Yeah. Yeah. I I've identify with that too. I don't, yeah. I still have stress and fear and I have to just talk my way out of it and then ask, you know, ask God to help you find your life purpose, step more into your life purpose and work through you uh, to help other people. And I think that's yeah. kind of the, in doing it with love, that's kind of the overriding, you know, point. But why don't you tell us, um, you know, like I talk to a, a lot of experts on different ways to, you know, improve their health, detoxification, et cetera, you know, helping with their brain health. So how do you think that mindset uh, plays a role in the, the healing process and the, the things that people tell themselves about their health? What is kind of, what do you teach in, in your work? Yeah, I did an episode recently on our podcast on, on anxiety uh, and also did one on the on the, like the chronic disease loop. And, you know, my own experience was, I, I believe all symptomatology is really your, your body's method of coping with the dissonance on your, in your system. You know, it's like, that's why we have a fever when we get sick. It's a signal of health is coming. Right. And, um, and so anxiety, for example, is your body's way of addressing the accumulation of dissonant stress-based energy. That's what anxiety is. Uh, you know, we don't have a mechanism uh, like animals do where, you know, they get into a fight and so they end up flapping their wings or rolling around in the ground. Or, I mean, we certainly can. You actually can see children, how they express themselves emotionally very freely, but we, we become emotionally constipated. And so um, our belief and my own experience is that anxiety is the mechanism of alleviating ourselves of that accumulated stress and tension. The challenge is a lot of what we've done in Western medicine is that we vilify symptomatology. But if what we're saying is actually symptomatology is the healing process, then what we're doing now is we're, you know, suffocating the healing process. We're essentially putting a lid on top of boiling water. And I think that's why um, we see 
you know, so much occurring right now in terms of the proliferation of autoimmune disease, inflammatory disease, cancering. And so um, I think the first part is education. You know, uh, I had a, a, a teacher who was a healer in an indigenous healing technologies in Costa Rica, and he'd been a healer for like 30 years. And one of his sayings was, what's coming is going. And so allow it to go. And I think no longer making anxiety, for example, the enemy, like that there's something wrong with me, but understanding that it's a mechanism for healing immediately allows someone to relax, even though the feeling may still be uncomfortable. The problem is not only are we suppressing symptomatology, which is the healing process, but because no one's educated us on the fact that it is a healing process, we become afraid of our own bodies. And so now you get in a tension loop. Now you're afraid of your own anxiety. You're afraid of your own autoimmune disease. You're afraid of your chronic pain. Um, and you can see, I think, uh, I mean, the CDC's list of stress-related diseases is like everything that's out there, right? Everything from arthritis to uh, headaches to brain fog to um, neuropathy to, I mean, the, to gastrointestinal problems. The, like the list is pretty much anything you might think you could ever possibly experience is a stress-related disease. And so I think the important thing is to begin to educate people or for people to understand that, you know, your body's not your enemy because it's, it's impossible to get into very difficult, let's say, to get into a healing state when you're afraid of your own bodily experience. And I think that's what happens with a lot of these kind of chronic loops that people get into. What you tell yourself about your symptoms is also really important. So many people are dealing with like health PTSD. They start having like anxiety when they have certain symptoms or here we go again so why don't you tell us your, about your book, A Changed Mind, and what people can expect from that? Yeah, so A, a Changed Mind is really the codification of uh, everything that I learned in my own journey uh, and, and an integration of all of the teachings from neuroscience to metaphysics to wisdom teachings to behavioral psychology to really help us understand how life works and, and the game that we should be playing, as well as like how we function as human beings in the human being operating system. So uh, it's... It's my take on personal growth, what I would call 2.0, uh, and how to not only become more self-aware, because that's the first step, but how we can actually rewire our brains, and as we do that, re-engineer our reality. Because everything that's happening externally is just a reflection of our habit of thought, our habit of emotion, our habit of vibration. And you know, you had asked a question earlier, it didn't really ask a question, but you said, you know, people need to become more self-aware. How do they become more self-aware? And when you understand how the game works, and you realize that you're creating every experience in your reality, not in some sort of, you know, new age woo-woo sort of way, but like it's a very practical understanding that we're creating the experiences of our life. Then when we have experiences that we don't prefer, we can pay attention to our reaction to the experiences. You know, that immediate thought that you have, that reaction, that inner argument, that outer accusation, uh, the inner critic, um, that's actually the habit of thought or the belief system that created the experience itself. So it's it's not an effect of the experience, it's actually the cause of the experience. And now we've got the material that allows us to create transformation and we can work with that material and we've got just a ton of tools uh, and frameworks in, in a changed mind to help people do that. Okay, fantastic. And yeah, so everyone can learn more about your work at davidbayer.com. Certainly learn about your book and your, your live event in Austin here in February. Um, so uh, again, why don't you tell us, you know, where we can 
uh, like learn more about your work, your social media, YouTube, et cetera? Yeah, sure. We've got um, uh, the podcast is a changed mind as well. Same name as the book that's on Spotify and iTunes. We put all the full episodes on our YouTube channel as well. You can just YouTube David Bear. Uh, and then I, I put clips on our Instagram, David Bear 33 and our Facebook page. So lots of ways to stay in touch with us. Come and join us at the event uh, in February. Again, PowerfulLivingExperience.com or we've got a bunch of goodies and, and free downloads and trainings as well as my ebook over at DavidBear.com. Okay, fantastic. Well, David, thanks so much for joining us on the Myers Talks podcast. And everyone, thanks so much for listening and tuning in every week. It's just such a pleasure to be able to, to serve you and to have all these experts from around the world helping you to kind of up-level your health through like today, mindset, anti-aging, detoxification, et cetera. So thanks so much for tuning in. Thanks, Wendy. The Myers Detox Podcast is created and hosted by Wendy Myers. This podcast is for information purposes only. Statements and views expressed on this podcast are not medical advice. This podcast, including Wendy Myers and the producers, disclaim responsibility for any possible adverse effects from the use of information contained herein. Opinions of guests are their own, and this podcast does not endorse or accept responsibility for statements made by guests. This podcast does not make any representations or warranties about guest qualifications or credibility. Individuals on this podcast may have direct or indirect financial interest in products or services referred to herein. If you think you have a medical problem, consult a licensed physician.